of Life After Mars, a Veronica Mars podcast. What do we do? We talk the mystery de jour, other side stories, and our favorite scenes and lines. We won't spoil you on the season-long mysteries, but the mystery de jour is fair game. I'm Corey, your OG marshmallow. Let's see if I can get this right. I'm Sean, and I'm a Veronica Mars netnyoshi. Netnyoshi. I didn't get it right. Okay. It's Russian for beginner. Okay. I looked it up. Nice. So today we're talking about <laughs> Season 1, Episode 15, Ruske Business. Love is in the air when a lovesick Russian internet order bride hopes to find her former fiancé. And Veronica helps Meg track down her secret admirer. Elsewhere, Logan continues his search for his mother, but this family reunion is not the kind he expected. So let's go ahead and jump into the mystery du jour. Sean, I believe that's you this week. Oh no, I did the other part. I'm just kidding. I was say, this is going to be a real fun podcast if that's the case. Luckily, I watched the episode last night. This was another one of those episodes where uh, I, I had to ask you which one was the mystery du jour. You were like, is it Meg? You were, No, you said, is it the Russian bride? Is it Meg? Is it Logan? I was like, it's a lot of things, but it's the Russian She's bride She's doing lots of things. She does a lot of things. Because well, I, I watched the episode two nights ago. Mm-hmm. I like to give it one watch through and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then the second watch through, I get down to work. Um, nice. So I got down to work last night, but I'd forgotten after the first watch through which one was the right one. Mm-hmm. So anyway, for the mystery du jour, uh, you're right. It is the Russian woman named yes. Katerina Lenova. Or she says it differently. Lenova? Well, she also is Russian, so her accent's a little bit better than yours. No offense. Oh, come on. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Is she really Russian? Do we know that that actress no, is Russian? No, she is. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know the actress, but the character certainly is. I, uh, I'll get into it in a minute, but I, okay. I, I really liked her uh, character. Uh, anyway, she was convinced. Yes. <laughs> well, let's continue. Russian woman <laughs> let's continue named first. Kat- Katalina Linova uh, wants to hire Keith to find her missing husband, uh, aka her soulmate. Were they married or just fiance? Um, I think they were still. Engaged. Oh, that's right, because they weren't. They didn't end up getting married. Um, because she got you got the cold feet. Are you going to continue to do an accent <laughs> you have, throughout this? Yeah, I, yeah, of course I am. I'm going to enjoy this. For immensely. any Russian Americans out there, I want to go ahead and apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> uh, it might slip into um, I don't know Swedish at some point. We'll see. <laughs> so Keith is tied up on another case, so he just asks Veronica to pretend to be his assistant, not his well, daughter. She kind of is. I know, his but assistant. but he's just like cause she refers to him as Mr. Mars throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing, rather than Daddy. Because that's well, what, that would be what she usually refers to him as. Daddy found your man. That would be <laughs> so awkward. So uh, he basically tells her, you know, this is looks like a pretty clear-cut case. Just get the information, run it through the databases, collect her $75, and let's move on our merry way. Um, as she as Katarina is telling her story, it turns out she is a mail-order bride. It's the internet now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're 2005. It's the internet. <laughs> it is the internet in California as well. Mm. Uh, she originally tried to leave him. Uh, she he, she wasn't impressed. He wasn't the prince that she thought he thought she was gonna. She thought he was going to be, then decided to go back to him well, because she fell for him. Yeah, she fell He's for a him. Good person. He was a very good person. He he was good. He wasn't good looking. The, the picture didn't show that he was a uh, bald. I did like, she was like, what's the word? And she's, you know, gesturing to her head. Yeah, I loved that part. So she decides to go back to him because he was a good man and she realized what she had uh, had actually left behind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't know what you have until you lose it. As the age-old wisdom yeah. says. <laughs> and, so, and then she reveals that he changes his name a lot, so he's hard to find. And Veronica's like, uh, what? Red flag. Mm. Oh, well, it's because his name is uh, Tom, uh, C R U Z, Cruz. 
he wants to be. <laughs> he's an actor. He wants to be an actor. He's an actor named Tom Cruise, so he needs to change his name. Um, something I looked up, though, um, Tom Cruise's real name is Tom Cruise, but Cruise is his middle name. Interesting. His last name is Mapother. Thomas yeah. Cruise Mapother IV. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how white can you get? When you start putting numbers at the end of your names. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, that's her story. Do you feel like it's a little narcissistic? To get back know. to the name thing, where it's like, I love my name so much, I'm going to make my son... Ha- I shouldn't say that, because my brother definitely named his son. Sorry, Eric. Another <laughs> Eric. Well, uh, Sam Tarley has Little Sam, which he didn't name. This isn't a Game of Thrones podcast, I know, Sean. but maybe... <laughs> she, it was the father who named him, I don't know. Maybe. Or in Gilmore Girls, she names her daughter after herself. It's so weird, though. <laughs> Anyway, let's continue on. <laughs> I think we should talk about everything but Veronica Mars this morning. Oh my gosh, that would be an interesting podcast episode. Yeah. So Veronica is collecting all this information about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Or trying to. Trying to. <laughs> so uh, next scene in the Mars apartment, Veronica and Wallace are hanging out. And she sits there, she's like, I can't, I can't, I'm trying to find an actor named Tom Cruise. And I just love Wallace's quote there. Tom Cruise? Not as good a private eye as I thought. Oh, great. <laughs> I love him. Wallace, not Tom Cruise. You don't like Tom Cruise? No, I don't. Were His just, teeth are weird. Were we just talking about Scientologists right before the recording? We can get into that in a little bit. Do we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a Tom Cruise episode. Okay. So back at Mars Investigations, uh, Veronica's talking to Catalina. Katarina. And it looks like the routine search has found nothing. And at this point, this is where Keith had expected Veronica to just, okay, that's it. End of the transaction. Sorry, we couldn't help you. Sorry, we couldn't help you. Have a nice day. But, and uh, there's some parts that you're going to get into, obviously, Mm -hmm. with uh, Veronica's heart's a little softer right now because the spring dance is coming up. Mm -hmm. And this word soulmate keeps getting thrown around. So she wants to help out. Well, and she also says that, you know, usually the private eye business has them trying to find cheaters and affairs, and it would be really nice to use their powers to bring people together as opposed to driving them apart. So I think that that's also... Well, I, I think that's triggered by her soft heart right now. Because yes. There oh, are, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's it, it's also true. Like, I feel like a lot of her life has fallen apart in the last year, and it would be nice to, like, have a good thing happen or to help. So I mean, she likes to help people. She helps people all the time, but I understand how she wants to bring people together as opposed to mm-hmm. you know taking photos through bedroom windows where the hell were we uh you were talking about oh yeah well her soft heart yes and she de- <laughs> and she decides that she's gonna take this case on herself mm-hmm. and offers keith's full-time uh rate of 250 dollars a day which she's just gonna do it herself she just writes a check too right and so that part bothers me a little bit i don't take checks i take cash well, it's 2005. What if your check bounces? 2005 in California. We're good. Mm-hmm. This, this is still the time of checks. Okay. Um, checks. checks spelled with a Q if you're reading the transcripts on, online because that Veronica Mars transcript website is clearly... British. Yeah, or not American. But the the thing that bothered me about this part was that it's it's like money is no no issue. Like, here's all the money. That I'll have all the money you need. And, and what kind of position is Katarina supposed to be in here? She was Where a, she has that she money. Was, she was a mail-order bride. Um, she's presumably, you know, not destitute. That's not a word, not the word I'd go, I'd use, but... Where is the money coming where from? Where is this money? Yeah, where, yeah. I don't know. That should have thrown up a red flag yeah. for Veronica in my head. Anyway, <laughs> so Veronica is asking Katarina, um, I guess I can just call her Catherine, for more information on Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then she just starts going off. Oh, he's so sweet. And he make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked this section because I think, you know, the stuff that she has, that she uses are, are really sweet things. And the way that she conveys them, it, it, it feels very authentic and very innocent and very much like a lovesick person who just kind of cherishes these little things about somebody. Right. I really liked it. Yeah, the, she was very, very convincing, and I, like I mentioned before, I really liked her character. Mm-hmm. She seemed very genuine, yeah. very authentic. Okay, so next scene, <laughs> Keith is calling Veronica, asking her why this Russian woman is asking how the case is going, when clearly the case was supposed to not be going at all. Right. 
And Veronica admits, oh, well, it's a little more complicated and then rationalizes the whole thing that they need money. And then what you said, wouldn't it be nice that instead of breaking people up, we actually brought them together for once? True. (laughs) And at the same time, she's looking at a picture of Tom Cruise on her laptop and was able to make out the dog. There's a dog in the picture with him. Right. And able to make out the dog tag name, which (laughs) the dog's name is Steve, which I love. I love pets named after people. Really? Yeah. Well, we have a dog named Felix, and I think it's it fits his personality fantastically. I have a dog named Kipling. I know you have. Everybody knows you have a dog. Actually, is this the first time you've officially... I think this I, might be the first time I've officially mentioned the love of my life, a.k.a. my boxer, Kipling, which if you are a dog lover, I highly recommend you check out my personal Instagram, not a plug, but it's O'Cory, so at O-H-C-O-R-E-Y, um, for some ridiculously cute pictures it's 98 percent pictures of kipling it really is she is and there's little videos as she's just the light of my life she is the funniest dog in the world and i love her so there we go like and she's named after roger kipling our, our podcast is over because this na- is just a podcast about kipling th- now. this this was all a build-up so you could announce kipling and then now your instagram's gonna explode and nobody's no, gonna care it's about not <laughs> it's just my mom and dad who i send all those pictures to anyway <laughs> and laura right i mean you can edit that out. We don't need to, for me to admit we only have three listeners. Uh, uh, but anyway. she's cute. Can't anyway, <laughs> so continue. Um, the bit that I thought that was pretty great too because uh, then Keith says, "Who the hell names a dog Steve?" Tom Cruise. It's great. And then Keith just kind of like <sighs> collapses. He's like, "God damn it!" He's like, "Whatever." <laughs> you can't. I feel like there's a part of him that realizes. There are some things he can control. I do love this part, too, because he's like, can't you just do normal teenage girl things <laughs> for once? That's great. And right around this time, it, Wallace it also discovers the dog's breed uh, almost simultaneously. Uh, it's a few scenes actually, later, but yes. No, it's actually, no, it's right there. Um, I completely skipped over the part where she calls, where, where Wallace calls the dog a freak show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Catalhula leopard dogs are adorable. They are adorable. Thank you. And they're al- they're also not a very rare breed. I don't feel. I guess we're in Austin, so we see all a these... lot of boutiquey breed dogs. Yeah. and a lot of mutts. We're yeah. a, we're a very we we're like see, one we... of the number one dog friendly cities in America right yeah. now. We just see all the dogs all yeah. the time. But I've seen so many Catahoulas, and I'm like, are they that rare? But once again, California, in 2005. But they are the state dog of Louisiana. Like, yes, they are. <laughs> things that I look up when mm-hmm. watching the show. I wanted to not get a Catahoula leopard dog after seeing this episode, but I thought Steve looked majestic. And at the time, I didn't have a dog. I had a cat named Backup, which we've covered in previous episodes, and desperately wanted a dog. I've always wanted a dog. Now I have Kipling. It's great. But that was a breed uh, I had looked at because they're just so cool. Um, but their temperament wasn't good for me. All right. So... I mean, I think it's important. They had to put something in there to make this dog a little easier to track down. Right. So oh, Very unique. Right. So it, it worked for the story, and that's what's really important here. So now they're like, okay, we'll get this rare dog. Um, and Veronica comes up with the idea, well, let's just start calling vet clinics around the city and start asking for a Catahoula leopard dog named Which Steve. Which is a little... A little thin. Yeah. I, I, that uh, watching it now again, I'm just like I don't. Because now that I call regularly about my dog, I have to like give them my name. Like I, I have to go through a whole thing with the receptionist to get to the point where, oh, Kipling, yeah, we love Kip. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's a little. This seemed a little thin for me, but I get it. For plot, we'll move on. But you don't just call up a place and be like, I'm looking for a Catahoula, and then <laughs> and then have them say, Oh, you mean the one that was just here yesterday? Right. A- anyway. <laughs> Continue. I'm sure you could have played it right. The way that she did it, I don't think would, would have been very effective in reality. I'm sure there would be some way could, we could do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I forgot my name. <laughs> What's my dog's name again? Right. Anyway. Um, but, I mean, that's the dog named Steve, I think that right there is probably more rare than the fact that it's a Catahoula leopard dog. This is true. Uh, so she actually does find one, and like you said, uh, oh, yeah, the one that was brought in last week. And so the whole ruse is that she ran into Steve and Tom on the beach and wanted to meet with them so they can see if they wanted to breed her with her Catahoula leopard I was dog. I say, not Tom and, and Veronica. <laughs> Tom, Tom and Veronica wanted, wanted to mate. Uh, 
I don't know. But their dogs breed their dogs. She says that her dog and Steve seem to get on real well. I honestly think that it would have been more believable if she said, I met this guy, Tom, with this cute dog, and I really like him, and I would like to... The dog. And, and I would like <laughs> to take Tom out for a date. That might have actually been more believable to me. Mm. I don't know. California, 2005, you think those dogs are spayed and neutered? I would think I so. I would hope so. That's, this is Bob Barker territory. Yeah. Like, this is where he, you know. And he is an adamant advocate. Exactly. Stay new to your pet. So, anyway, I just thought it was a little far-fetched that Steve would not be fixed. But once again, we live in Austin. Well, that could be why, you know, she, so, skipping ahead a little bit here, the vet calls her back and says that the owner said no. And it could have been because he's like, no, Steve's fixed. Yeah, but like, the vet would have known that he was fixed. Not, the, not necessarily the receptionist. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, let's move on. (laughs) I don't know. I think we should talk about this for the rest of the day. (laughs) So she actually gets the call from the vet and saying Tom is not interested. Because, for one, he'd be like, I don't remember running into a woman with another Catahoula leopard dog. Ooh, that would have been suspicious. Right. Given the circumstances. Right. That's a good Like, the vet should have called back saying, "Um, who the hell are you? Or just never called back. Right. (laughs) I do like how she was like, we have caller ID. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Very abrupt. However did we do it? Did it show up as Mars Investigations? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. She was actually using the phone phone, too. Yeah. She wasn't even using her cell phone. They might have, like, a fa- another line that's unlisted. <laughs> yeah, the, the caller ID line. Uh, and at this point, I actually thought she had hit a dead end. I'm like, oh, well, swing and a miss there, Veronica. Mm-hmm. And then she looks up at the clock, and I didn't make the connection. And, um, and then she calls Meg and says, hey, we need to make a stop before the party. And the stop is to go see... Your favorite, Leo D'Amato. Leo D'Amato at the sheriff's station. Mm. Dreamboat. He's so dreamy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's. We'll talk about him he's later. He's got a bit of a slur to him. I don't, I don't, well, let's talk about like Leo it. later. All right, we'll I got talk thoughts. About it. All right. Um, <laughs> she also sees the sketch artist rendering of herself on the wall <laughs> with the devil with horns. The devil horns. <laughs> She's like, now I feel wanted. <laughs> uh, but clearly, Leo's thinking about her, so that's that's a step in the right direction for her, right? Yeah. And of course, she knows the sketch artist. They're, on a, friend of they're on a first name basis. Yeah. She probably even looked up and like, oh, I recognize his work. <laughs> I'm famous now. <laughs> but she asks Leo to uh, look up the phone records for the vet office. So, and like, oh, they're in the time frame. Now I get why she looked at the clock. Mm-hmm. So next next scene having to do with this part, uh, Keith's in his car and he's talking to the client about the in- insurance fraud case. I'm right, assuming the, case, the client. The other case that he's he's mainly working, why, it, which is why he couldn't work the right. mail order bride. So, and then he sees a couple of a couple of goons following him close behind in a a, a silver Toyota. Look like a Toyota. Chevy. Was it a Chevy? It was. Yeah. I'm going to need you to point out what any of the cars are. In well, this. he says it. Oh, does he? Because he, he asks the guy when he's on the phone, do you have any other guys working this case that drive a silver Chevy? Right. Okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so I mean, he, You just watched it twice. Right. And he realizes <laughs> that uh, he realizes he's being followed, so he pulls into a valet, you know, all smooth and Keith-like. And the guys check their car into the valet, too. And then, of course, he sneaks around and then trust, uh, pulls out his trusty Slim Jim that he just keeps in his suit. I mean, <laughs> he might have had it in his car and tucked I, it yeah, in his, Yeah, probably, but it's just that it was way too easy for him to access. I imagine he's got, like, a real cool kit that he's just got all of his, like, PI stuff in his car, his go bag, if you will. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got kind of like the, the bat belt or whatever, the utility, Batman's utility belt. Yeah, yeah. Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I'm going to go with Batman. <laughs> well, come on, Veronica could be Penny. Uh, yeah, well, or Veronica could be anybody but Dr. Robin. Claw. Oh, <laughs> ooh, second stab at Robin in our podcast. Ooh. Well, nobody really likes him. Shots so. fired. Um, especially the one who was played by Chris. What's his name? Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Oof, so bad. <laughs> so he pulls out his Slim Jim, breaks into the car. And there's nothing in the car except for he finds the rental agreement in the glove box, which I kind of found hilariously relatable. Like, when I rent a car, I just, like, right where that goes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, oh, I rent cars, and that's what I do. I rent cars. <laughs> I'm an adult with a over the age of 25. Yeah, I don't know. But if there was, like, a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up, that, have you ever noticed that when you rent a car and you get the rental agreement, you put it in the glove box? And I'd be like, yeah, I could relate to that. I don't do Seinfeld. <laughs> well... It was just a generic 90s stand-up comedian. Give me a break. Gotcha. The the look that she just gave me, I wish we could add a picture on it to put on our, our social. Break given. 
anyway, so he looks up the names and he calls one of his many contacts to look up the names. And lately, <laughs> you've been making fun of the person's name on the phone. Shinko, uh, I don't know, something. Roshin. Uh, next scene, Mars Investigations. Leo calls with some leads on the vet office phone records and then just gives her a list of three names. Mm-hmm. And some phone numbers might have been handy or anything other than three generic names. Well, the phone call, we didn't see her hang up the phone necessarily, so there could have been more to the phone call. Uh, it's, it, I got the feeling that phone call was over with. I actually thought she did hang up the phone. I don't remember. And you would know better than I, so I will defer to you, but... I don't remember. So she gets the three names, and then she tracks down and stalks the three people, like she does. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's the one with the most movie star name of the three, John Frampton. Like, that's... Fancy. Very fancy. Very Hollywood. Um, Also, I... Yeah. No, continue. I I will continue. So John Frampton is the guy, and she... Tom Cruise. She is Tom Cruise, and she gets pictures to prove it, and even sees Steve... The, the, he makes a cameo. Yeah, Steve makes a, an actual live cameo. I wonder if they ended up using a Catahoula leopard dog just because they had one like handy. He's like, we need a rare dog. And the, like Cindy in the back's like, I have a Catahoula leopard dog. Okay, that'll work. Like somebody on set. Yeah. That is part of the production team owns, happens right. to own this dog. Right. Maybe. She's like a grip or something. Maybe. It happened. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. So Veronica goes back to the office, calls Catalina. To let her know that she found Tom, and she's about to give her the address, but then Keith rushes in and hangs up the phone. And then reveals that her name's not Katharina. It's Mm-mm. something else that's also very Russian. Uh, and her, I guess it was her her, two bro- brothers. her two brothers, and they're part of the Russian mob in Chicago, mm-hmm. which matches up with her whole story about coming from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, and Tom, Tom Cruise is actually in witness protection. Right, because he worked for their father and stern, turned state witness against him, right. put him in jail. Right. So they are coming to find him and, I guess, kill him, I guess. So his actual name is Anthony Thomas Cruz, which I think Tony Cruz is actually a pretty cool actor name. This is true. And if he's going into the Witness Protection Agency, mm-hmm. or Witness Protection Program, rather, mm-hmm. you change your name, don't you? Yeah. But his name is actually Anthony Thomas Cruz. Well, yeah. no, never well, mind. Well, that's, so that's how she knew him ne- as. So he mind. probably went as Tom Cruise. I just made the connection. There you go. Yeah. All right. He changed his name to John Frampton. Well, he didn't change it. It was assigned to him. I, I get it. Which I would hate that. Like, if you're going to put me in the witness protection program, at least let me choose my name. Well, I have a lot of really great maybe names. Maybe he did. Maybe he's a big Peter Frampton fan. Maybe. We don't know that. We should, we should find out if yeah. you get to pick your own name or not. Right. Because I would just be real pissed if they gave me a boring name. I'm not going to give examples of boring names in case anybody else there has this name. Like Corey Wright. What? My name is amazing. You shut up. I'm named after a song. Yeah, I know. Mom and dad are listening to this, Sean. They're going to be real upset if you make fun of my name. Uh, I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. You're going to get a rise out of my mom is who you're going to get a rise out of. Mom, I'm just picking on Corey. Don't, don't take it she personally. She understands. It's just, just for Corey. Anyway, um... Catherine calls back, and well, I, I, I'm assuming she keeps trying to call back because uh-huh. now they got the information. But Keith and Veronica have come up with an idea, and so she, she picks up the phone and gives her an address. Mm-hmm. So at quote unquote Tom's house, the goons show up, open the door, door is unlocked, guns drawn, and immediately you see this is the house from the party earlier. Right, so it's, which we'll yeah we'll get into in a yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a it's, it's a model a, home. It's a model home. And of course, they walk in, he, they hear a blender in the kitchen, so they walk in there. And where is Keith? Mm-hmm. Where he always is in these situations. He's in the fridge. In the refrigerator. I was like, is he lo- more beers? Yeah, there was a beer open on the counter. <laughs> he just drinks beers <laughs> yeah. as he hangs out. I also am so concerned because they come around the corner with guns drawn. Like, was he not scared at all that they would just shoot on sight? He's Keith. Oh, that terrifies Balls me. Balls of steel. Like, what if they had shot him? Oh, God, Veronica would be so mad. He might have been wearing a vest, maybe. What if they shot him in the head? I don't know. Okay, continue. There's it just stresses a, me out. There's power in a bald man's head. Oh, it stresses me out. <laughs> continue. So, of course, he's in the refrigerator. He's he's in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's just the thing that he does. Uh, he does it, need another thing. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I think it's a signature move, and I think it works for him. I'm just always in the kitchen. And it's kind of a power play. It's it's like they is walk it? in. I think it is because they're not important enough for him not to go look through the fridge for, a for beer. food. <laughs> it's a model home. There's nothing in there. <laughs> it's like he's always got something 
higher on his priority list than you. And it's and true. it's in the refrigerator. <laughs> so and then he turns around and he just says, Oh, privet. <laughs> I love that. Then, then what happens next? So then all the cops pop out, guns right. drawn, or you know, hands go up and arrest him. And then Leo looks over, Leo in full riot gear looks over to, to Keith and says it's Russian for high. I looked it up. I just love how proud of himself. How, he is. how pleased of himself he is. He's like, I learned a word for this. <laughs> it's like, it's like he Googled it and he like, he's he's this PI who knows how to search databases. But like, when your dad gets proud because he used Google right for the first time, oh, yeah. and he's just got this like very self satisfied. I know that. <laughs> I also love when the goons come around the corner and they're like, dos vidanya, and they have like their guns out. And I'm like, they're going to shoot you, Keith. Oh, my God. That's why I was so worried because they were like saying goodbye. And I'm like, they could pull the trigger any moment. It's true. Keith, you could die right here. Veronica would be so pissed if you died in a model home. Yeah, but he couldn't do his cool refrigerator move and his cool Russian word that he used. He could always climb inside the refrigerator. Use the refrigerator door as a shield. (laughs) He could. That's it. Anyway, that's it. That's case it. The case is case closed. Um, I don't know what happens to Katarina. Uh, we're assuming she was arrested as well. They'll pick her up. Mm-hmm. Um, they all go to jail. Let's just give a fictional ending to this. They all go to jail and we live happily ever mm-hmm. after. For and attempted then t- murder. And then Tom Cruise can go back to being Tom Cruise. And he actually... I don't know. There might be some other people after him. He actually usurps the real Tom Cruise as the uh, most famous actor in the world. And he gets actually gets his teeth adjusted so that his he's got a tooth he's right in the middle of his face. He's, he's not symmetrical. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's um, move on to what else happens. We've got kind of a couple of different things that happen, so I'll try to move through them as quickly as possible. Love is in the air, and Meg Manning has a secret admirer. This is the kind of investigation that I'm here for. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's get high school on this. And Veronica obviously is on the case. Meg got a text on the bus back from the last away game, and the text is, kid you not, I think, capital U R. Cool. Cool. Spelled K-E-W-L. Which makes me, I already think so low of her secret admirer. Well. To be found out in a moment that like this just really lowers that even more. Well, but we. It's this, it's the same number of level letters. I used to use. C-O-O-L. I used to use K-E-W-L in, or, when I was in high school. When sh- I, these are things you shouldn't tell me, Sean. You didn't. You, I didn't. No. Well, we've already. Uh, established that I was cooler than you in high school. You were cooler. Cool. I was than cooler me. than you. Yeah. You were K E W L cool. <laughs> totally. It doesn't count. <laughs> anyway, she thinks it could be Kaz, this jock, or Mark, some guy who works with the basketball team, because they were both on their phones in the bus at the time the tax. Because was cell phones only work short range. It is true. <laughs> she enlists Wallace because, or she, being Veronica, enlists Wallace because, of course, she does. He's on the basketball team, or rather, he is the basketball team. She wants him to sneak a peek at both Mark and Kaz's phones to see if either have texted Meg. So the next day, there's a bouquet of some fancy lilac flowers on Meg's locker with a note from her secret admirer. Purple-faced monkey orchid, native to the King Leopold range in the Australian outback. My deduction, your secret admirer is an aboriginal tribesman who shops... At Manny's Flower Hut. Meg's secret admirer wants her to go to the dance with him. Did I mention there's the dance? It's happening. It's 80s themed. It's the best. Yes, you did mention. You did not mention that, but you have now. I have now. Do you think that they're doing 90s themed dances now? I see the fashion is back, like everywhere, which is horrifying. I saw a guy at Pinballs the other day. Oh, no. Wearing, That's an arcade here in Austin. Wearing kickwear. Shut up. I was so excited. I used to have. They were a like pair. this big. I used to have. <laughs> they were like two feet wide. I had some kickwear. Yeah, I was Jinko. I actually have a pair of Jinkos at home. I used to have a pair of Jinkos, and I went through a phase. Um, I had a pair as well. That is so funny. Oh man, I lost a lot of weight. I wonder if I can fit into my Jinkos now. You should totally do it. Yeah, please wear them to work. Uh-huh. That's how we know each other. By the way, we're coworkers. <laughs> my mom asked that the other day. How do you know Sean? That's how we know each other. Anyway, Veronica visits the florist that put together the bouquet and shows him a picture. And he asks if he remembers the person who ordered it. And unfortunately, all Manny's got is a super vague and somewhat insulting, aloof impersonation of a teenage guy, which I sort of respect. He was all like, (laughs) And then she's like, I'm sorry, can you do that one more time? And he's like, you know, (laughs) and he does it twice. 
I loved, I love it. And I also love that he's like this big, beefy biker dude and he makes beautiful bouquets. Yeah. Like, I just love that juxtaposition. It's wonderful. And also, he's like, yeah, this kid really thought outside the box. You know, some kids come in here, no originality. And this guy was a real thinker. <laughs> it's real great. <laughs> so, Veronica and Meg hit up Kaz's party. So, remember, Kaz is one of the potential secret oh, admirer basketball player, Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement. Oh, is that really who that yeah, was? Yeah, the oldest brother. I mm-hmm. knew I recognized him from yeah. somewhere. That's awesome. It's a real rager, he says. <laughs> it's at the model home, which we talked about. It plays a, a cameo in the Mystery Du Jour, in his dad's new subdivision, which is sort of genius. You don't have to worry about trashing any of your actual belongings. You clean up. There's probably a service that comes through and cleans the model homes, you know? Anyway, so Meg's there to feel out the potential with Kaz and Mark, but both are a bit lukewarm. Later, Veronica calls on an old police sketch artist friend of Keith and takes him over to the florist shop so she can help Manny with his recall skills. <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, Manny's just like, that'll be fun. He's so self-aware, though. I yeah. love it. Later that day, albeit a long day for Veronica because she's doing so much in this episode. She's helping Logan. She's helping Meg. She's doing the Russian bride thing. She's got a lot. Her days are very full. And she has school. We assume. We assume she goes there. <laughs> Meg comes over with costumes for the dance. She's decided she's over the secret admirer, and she doesn't want to date Kaz or Mark, and I don't blame her. Right. No, she, she didn't like Kaz? No. God, he's got so much charisma. Right. She insists on taking Veronica to the dance, and while Meg looks like Glam Barbie in a pink silk dress, Veronica is all crimped and black laced out as what she calls Manila Horror Barbie. Well, it's Madonna. It is. She's very Madonna. You guys know what we're talking about. You've seen the pictures. We'll post them on our Instagram. (laughs) It is actually a very elaborate Uh, Both of them, because Meg's was from Pretty in Pink, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's a Pretty in Pink dress. It's a very elaborate for a high school dance. I can't think of any high school dance where we... I don't think we did a themed dance. I want to say we had like a Sadie Hawkins dance. I never went. I didn't ask boys to dances. Um... I feel like we did a Sadie Hawkins, and you always kind of like do like a couple's costume for them. I don't um, know what a Sadie Hop- Hawkins. It's where the girls ask the guys. Oh. Uh, yeah. We called it something else. What did you call it? I don't know. Anyway, well, that's what maybe it maybe it is something else. We called it a Yankee dance. I don't know. Oh goodness! <laughs> Welcome to the South. <laughs> I, I made made that up. Oh okay. <laughs> so as they're leaving for the dance, Veronica gets a fax from the sketch artist. She knows who Meg's admirer is. It's Duncan Kane. And I, I really liked this part because Meg, when she arrives at Veronica's apartment, has this corsage that she's supposed to wear. So it's like their signal to each other. And she tosses it on the counter as like, I'm over it. I, I don't care about my my secret admirer. But Veronica, knowing what a good person Duncan is, brings the corsage. So when they get to the dance, she puts it on Meg and she's like, trust me, like, you're going to want this. But at the same time is also like, but I don't want to be here to see right. this. Because it's heartbreaking for her, mm-hmm. given everything that's happened. And she starts to leave. And Meg's sort of like, I don't understand what's happening. And Veronica kind of points, like, behind her. And she turns around, and it's Duncan with a flock of seagulls <laughs> hair, <laughs> looking like a total buffoon. Well, Bless I mean, his heart. Well, I, I thought the costume was appropriate. I, it was. Yeah. Very 80s. Yes. Everyone had very great costumes. Yes. I well, really, they're also good job they're with that ne- episode. They're in Neptune. So they can afford to have elaborate costumes. Right. They have a stylist put it together for mm-hmm. them. Uh, so yeah, so it's Duncan. Duncan and Meg, they're kind of a thing. And also I like that part because um, it, the fact that she gave her the corsage and it's kind of like giving her her blessing. Yeah. And because she knows Meg is a great person who yes. deserves happiness. And, and Duncan is also a good person. And, and Veronica is a very good person. And, and it is. But it's hard for her. You know, she goes hard. out to her car and she starts to cry. Like, it's a very, she's also had a very emotional day because pre, earlier that day, the whole thing with Russian Bride happened, the truth coming out. And so she's just kind of been on a roller coaster for the last few months, right. year. Yeah. So a lot of, it's a lot of change for her. It's all right. She's got Dreamboat. We'll get to that in a moment. We're going to do Lunkin. Lunkin. Damn it, I did it again. We're going to do Logan first, and then we'll get to Deputy Leo D'Amato, because right. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on him. So last we left Logan, uh, he had seen the footage of someone, maybe his mom, falling from the Coronado Bridge. But then right after, somebody used her credit card. So we flash forward to a few days, maybe a few days later at school, 
This is the beginning of the episode, so these are kind of all out of sync as mm-hmm. we share them. Veronica and Logan are reviewing the charges. The card used was Lynn's No Limit Platinum card, her weapon of choice, Logan says. It's still in her maiden name, so maybe she's trying to keep a low profile. The only purchase is a rental car, a red Benz convertible, which is very characteristic of Very Lynn. characteristic of Lynn. Veronica promises to keep Logan in the loop if her card is used again. And Logan gives her a sincere thank you for all of this. Like, reaches out, touches her arm, like, thank you for helping for all of this. And I feel like it's the first time since maybe the Lily Kane Memorial episode that we've seen him put his guard down around her. Mm -hmm. Like, in this kind of sincere moment. And she actually then walks into the cafeteria or the gym or wherever they're decorating for the dance. And And Duncan is there. And he's like, did I just see my best friend ask you... To this, like to the dance, and she's like, "No, but I'm still waiting by the phone, pining for the right guy to call me." And her like such an awkward conversation to have with your ex boyfriend slash maybe half brother. (laughs) Let's not forget that, right? That's in play. So later, there's another hit on the card for the Sunset Regent, a swanky AF hotel in Neptune. Veronica meets Logan in the lobby, and there's a ruse afoot. They're playing a newly engaged couple in search of a honeymoon suite. When the suites that the desk guy shows her don't fit the price tag, $1,200, V whips out this gaudy wedding dream book, which (laughs) I'm like, that's a lot of effort. So you have to have that hanging out somewhere. So I imagine in her teen girl days of when her and Lily were BFFs, Mm -hmm. they made this. And she borrowed it. it. Or she borrowed it from Meg. It seems like something Meg would have. No. Especially earlier in, in the episode, she's talking about, he could be my soulmate. No, I think I think this is this is old school Veronica. I think she had it. Oh, okay. And just hadn't thrown it away because maybe her and Lily put it together. Or it's just part of their like PI uh, kit that they have. You, you know? never know when you're going to need a pretend <laughs> wedding dream book. Because if you think about it, it's really Keith's job. So he has the gaudy wedding dream book. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so it eventually gets them to the princess suite, which fits the bill: twelve hundred dollars a night. It's got a private elevator, a jacuzzi, like a really great view. Veronica asks to take a peek, but the suite is currently occupied and the guest is adamant about her privacy. Veronica tells Logan she'll find the maintenance guys, get them to unlock the service elevator, but Logan has a different plan. He is going to wait it out in the lobby. His mom has to come down sometime. Veronica leaves. She's got a ton of stuff to do. (laughs) She goes to the florist about Meg's admirer. She researches dogs with Wallace, hits up the sheriff's department to ask a favor of Leo, and then goes to Kaz's party, where Duncan tells her she he just got off the phone with Logan, who is still in the hotel lobby watching the elevators. How did that conversation go? Hey, what you doing? Just hanging out in the lobby. Hanging out in the hotel lobby. What you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so Veronica shows up and decides that it's time to smoke his mom out. She calls and cancels the credit card, or she calls the credit card company to report the card is lost. Sometime later, a woman gets off the elevator in a dark coat, hat, and glasses. But when Logan rushes her calling out for his mom, the woman turns around, and it's not his mom, but it's his sister, Lily Aldrin. (laughs) What? That's your character in How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Oh. It's not. It's his sister, Trina, played by Allison Allison Hannigan. Hannigan. So you had texted me. You were like, Allison Hannigan! Exclamation point. Did you do that when you saw her name as guest starring? When she turned around. When she turned around. I was curious at what point you got excited about that. So Trina and Logan don't exactly get along. I can see why. Wow, we should get together and do this more often. Oh, well, you're in luck. I'm heading home now. I guess some accountant finally canceled Mom's cards. But if you're coming home, who will play Dead Hooker 2 on CSI this week? How will you get your attention fixed? Maybe I can be the ring girl at one of your bum fights. I also think it's important to note that Lynn was her stepmom. Mm-hmm. So this Trina is... Aaron's daughter. Right. So they're half-siblings. And she is obviously older. Do we know how old, how much older? I don't. I can't remember. Okay. But this isn't the last we've seen of Trina, so there's a lot more to come with that. But the most telling, most heartbreaking moment is when Veronica is leading Logan away, and one second he's giving his sister a dirty look over his shoulder, and the next he's literally, fa- not literally, he's figuratively falling apart. Yeah. Like, all of this has finally come crashing down around him, that his mother is gone, and that this nightmare he's been trying to convince himself isn't true 
is true. Right. And poor Veronica, I don't know if she's ever seen this side of him. Maybe at Lily's funeral, but we never really saw that. And I'm pretty sure she was probably caught up in her own grieving. So this for her and for us, I think, is truly a, a turning point for his character. And I bet even at Lily's funeral, he was probably flat. He was probably just in shock still. Yeah. I could totally get that. I'm sure they all were. And then later at the dance, while our lovers are slow dancing, Logan, dressed as risky business Tom Cruise, a.k.a. white button-down, no pants, crashes the stage drunk and making a scene. It's also my favorite line. Wing Chung, I'll kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Wing Chung, I'll kick your ass! It's such a great line. I kind of want it to be like my, my text message tone. Mm-hmm. Like. Also, it would make a really great episode title. I don't know if you saw that text. Yeah, I got the text. Perfect. This guy just doesn't know how to process his emotions. <laughs> Veronica, he does. He's not. He doesn't have healthy uh, no, behaviors. Not. Veronica tries to get his keys to drive him home, but luckily, or not so luckily, Trina shows up. My first night back home, and I get the call: "Come get Logan. He's wasted. It's like I never left." <laughs> and that's kind of where we leave Logan being led away at the high school by Trina, in his drunk and in his Tom Cruise costume i did like his one uh stipulation for going home with her can i vomit in your car? <laughs> as long as i can vomit in your car <laughs> which i'm pretty sure it's just the rental but they'll charge yeah. her for that and it'll go to her father's credit card most right. likely so before we get to leo because i feel like this could be a discussion okay maybe i want to tack on that there's something else that happens in this episode regarding Veronica's mom. Mm-hmm. This is how the episode ends. So in the beginning of the episode, Veronica has been receiving calls all week where someone just listens, breathing, saying nothing. And Veronica just thinks it's some creep harassing her. Yeah, because there's a lot of secret admirer soulmate stuff yeah, going on Yeah, she right even now, says so. when she's on the phone, because she's with Meg, does your secret mi- admirer like to breathe heavily into the phone? Now at the end of the episode, she gets a call again. And when she's star 69s, Star 69 is the number. A guy answers. The calls were coming from a payphone outside a cantina. He says that she, Veronica, must be looking for the blonde woman. Veronica finds out where the cantina is and drives there only to find her mother drunk at the bar. Her mom panics, still convinced that being around Veronica isn't safe for her. But Veronica insists that she knows everything. And then, in the reflection of the, the bar's mirrored backsplash, she sees Clarence Weedman spinning around in time to see him storm out of the cantina. Dun, dun, dun. So is Clarence just like hanging out there doing? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's I have like, no idea why he's there. It's like, it's weird. So what, what do you get going on tomorrow? Oh, I'm gonna go hang around a bar for about eight hours. And also, watch a woman. when does he have time to be head of security at Kane's? And also <laughs> deal with all of his other shit that he's doing. He has a twin brother. Anyway, let's talk Leo because I want to know what you think about what happened in this episode. Okay. So to remind you all. Meg, having picked up on the obvious chemistry between Leo and Veronica when the two ran an errand to the sheriff's department prior to Kaz's party, invites Leo to the dance for Veronica as a surprise. And he shows. In costume. Mm -hmm. With flowers. Yep. But he insists that he was there because he really wanted to see her. Uh So let's talk about this. How do you feel about Leo? I mean, how old is he? I think he's 20. He's a deputy sheriff. 20 20 or 21. Mm -hmm. And she's... 18? 17. 17. So, red flags there. A little bit. <laughs> I also feel like at a high school dance, I distinctly remember, because I remember I had a friend who was dating like a 19-year-old when we were like juniors in high school. Uh, he had graduated. Like he was a student. He had mm-hmm. graduated and was coming back for our junior prom or something. And he just made the cutoff of age. Like you're only allowed to have to bring a guest who's like they have to provide their driver's license mm-hmm. or ID card or something like that to prove that they're not over 21. If they were over 21, they're not allowed in. So the year after I graduated, my girlfriend was a senior in high school, and I went to her prom. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to provide any kind of proof of anything. Interesting. Yeah. But how do we feel about the age gap between them? Or that he's... It's weird because it's like that... I feel like a lot of people freak out about that like that cutoff of 20. Like when you're still in high school, but you're dating somebody a few years older. I think it's inappropriate. Um, yeah. Veronica is... Um, older than her years, for sure. Uh-huh. She's more mature than her years, but there's a lot that happens between 17 and 21. For sure. Like, a lot. And he, he's presumably already been through, like, police academy. And yeah. yeah, he's still young. He's still a kid. Yeah. But she's 
much more of a kid still. And definitely. I mean, the, in the show, they definitely portray her as not a kid. She's right. equal with adults. Um, there are no boundaries that, yeah. that she will not cross in, the, in those. But in, in reality, I think that would be very inappropriate. And, um, and let's think about it this way. It's not really what, what I would think. What would Keith think? That's a really great question. I, there's more to come, not to spoil you. But I feel like, you know, there's that episode where he breaks in or busts in on them. Mm-hmm. He thinks Veronica's missing, right? It's during the G, uh, the E-string Strangler case right. when we first meet Leo. And he's practicing with his band and she's there. And he right. doesn't really say anything because they're working this case at that moment. And, and Leo goes and helps him and everything. But I haven't really gotten a sense from Keith that he would approve or disapprove. Right. and I, It's not like she's trying to date like a... And here's the other thing is I I understand I've I've always kind of been a little weirded out by the age difference just because it's it's at that time. But I don't know if that's just society telling me what I should think. But also, I think it's different with Leo because he's not it would be problematic, I think, if he was like a creep and super pushy and predatory. Right. And he's not. Yeah. So like he's kind of a dummy. I, I'm with you. She on has that. a type. Yeah. <laughs> she dated Duncan. <laughs> You know, it's not like Troy. Troy, if Troy was a 20-year-old going after her, right. I would be very concerned because Troy was very much a pushy creep. But I don't I don't know. I, I, and again, there's more to come with Leo, but I don't really, I don't find him problematic. In the context of the show, I'm with you. I like uh-huh. him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the context with reality um, and if she were my daughter and all this stuff, I, I don't know. I, I'd have more than one reservation. Yeah. I understand. Well, we'll discuss. There'll be more as we move forward where we get to talk about a couple of things. To answer your question, I yes. like the guy. I do. I like, as a character, I really like Leo. I think he's charming. He's easy on the eyes. <laughs> but I, I really like... That's I, all what it comes... I would date him. That's what it comes down to. 100% yeah. I would date him. I don't know. What's he doing these days? Well, he was on New Girl. Oh, shit. Yeah. He was like the... Megan's been watching the shit out of that show. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's him. I did not realize that was yeah. him. Max Greenfield. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's he's probably one of the funniest characters he's in that show. He's hilarious <laughs> on New Girl. And ve- like the complete opposite of Leo DeMond. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the complete opposite. Um, okay. So what did you love about this episode? What did I love? So you alluded to what your favorite part was earlier. I did. And I think we have the same favorite part. <gasps> yes. Okay. So my favorite part, just to give you context, is Logan breaking down That's, at the hotel that lobby. That is my favorite part, Why too. was it favorite for you? Well, it was heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. And But it was so humanizing. Mm-hmm. And Did it surprise you? Um, A little bit. Yeah. And the thing is, so we've already... Say if we were to watch this episode after the pilot, it'd be like, What? What? But there's mm-hmm. been so much growth, and I, mm-hmm. I think this really just kind of punctuates all his character growth in the past 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like he's changed. I don't think he's really changed much. It's just we've got to know a lot more about him, and he's going through so much. And, and when when he breaks down like that, all you want to do is be in Veronica's place and hug, ho- him. hug him and you know be with yeah. him in that pain. And I have hugged him, by the way. Yeah. Well, why don't you brag about it? I met him. I'm just—he gives good hugs. Yeah. I'm gonna say. Anyway, continue. But but I mean that that's that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah. Um, I distinctly remember watching this episode, and I was doing something else. I think I was watching because it was in college. I was watching it and probably writing a paper and doing something else or doing homework. And I had taped it because I taped all of them at VH on VHS and watched them because I had a class at that time. So thank God I was able to rewind it because it happens so quickly mm-hmm. that I was surprised. Um, I didn't think we were going to go there that fast. Right. Because this whole time with his mother, you know, maybe being dead, he's kind of just kept pushing along. He's like, no, like, I just expected him to be like, well, that doesn't mean that she's gone. Like, let's pursue other avenues. And at every pitfall when there was kind of a... Ugh. There was something he, he, to counter it. There was either, there was something immediately to counter it, uh-huh. or he was just like ignorant. Um, he, he he was still kind of flat about it, or mm-hmm. just pissed. He was yeah. be more angry, or this is re- or this is ludicrous, or something like that. He, and this is it would fr- it, it would make him 
want it would incentivize him more to prove that his mom's alive. Right. And I think I remember it just happening really quickly to the point where I had to like stop, rewind and watch it again because literally one second he is looking over his shoulder at his sister storming away from the hotel desk and the next he's like like buckling forward, grabbing onto Veronica as he does it, crying and it's it's literally you can just see his world is falling apart because Yes, his mother is dead. She's gone, and there's that. But there's what that means for him is huge. One, he's already lost his girlfriend, which I don't think that that weighs the same as losing your mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I feel like that's how I would. I, I would mean, it, much it's more really big in high school still. Yeah, I mean, it's it's big any any time. Any time. I don't think you're ever really prepared for that. Right. But I feel like for him too, like that he's alone. And I think for the longest time, given that the household environment that he lives in, he at least had his mother to shield him, although she wasn't always great at it. But you're not always great in those situations right. when you have somebody like Aaron Eccles, an abuser, manipulator in the house. But he at least had a safe space, like one per- one person he could turn to mm-hmm. who wasn't going to manipulate him in that way. And now she's gone. And so he is stuck with his dad and Trina, who's come back into the picture, right. who are both very materialistic, manipulative, not very emotionally vulnerable or and he, receptive. Yeah. And he's or out, nurturing. He's kind of outnumbered now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's all of this. And it's it's similar to, you know, when Veronica finds out, when Abel Koontz tells her that. Keith Mars might not be her father. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that, that world shattering, like, yes, there's there's that fact. Her father might not be her father. His mother is dead. But then beyond that, it's everything that that means for your life. And I think that's not necessarily something that Veronica's understanding in that moment. But for her, too, in, in this time, she's understanding what it's like to not know what's going on with your mom, Right. Right. So he's trying to prove his mom is still alive and she's and she's out there somewhere and Veronica can relate to the not knowing where your mom is and what's going on with her. Is she safe? Is she alive? Um So yeah, well I'm good that we is that the first time we've both loved this same yep, thing? I think so. Aw. It's look, a good it's a good one. Yeah. We're we're finally starting to sync up. Well I thought you were actually gonna give me crap for it. It's like why do you always like the heartbreaking things? I always love the heartbreaking yeah. things. Those are my favorite. They're, because it's just it shows such True character and human. And I just there was emotion. Which one was it? And it was one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you said it was your least favorite episode, and I said it was my most favorite episode. And I think it was Cindy. Yeah, it was the Cindy episode, the Mac episode, where she finds out. Well, it's because it's so heartbreaking, right? And I hate that. I hate that it breaks my heart so much. <laughs> anyway, okay, so let's nominate our MVPs. I'm gonna go first. Do it. I chose Wallace. I know you did. I hope you didn't choose Wallace. I did not. Perfect. So I chose Wallace because, and we didn't really talk about it much because it doesn't, it's not really integral to any of the plots. I guess a little bit to Meg's, but I feel like this is the episode where he kind of pushes back a little bit against Veronica. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important, one, for his character, two, for his individuality, and three, for their friendship. Uh Because up until this point, she's been asking for a lot of favors and requiring a lot of him and not reciprocating or being really thankful Mm -hmm. you know she always thanks him but it's more of those like thanks taking the information and running with it and so there's a couple points in this episode one in the beginning when she's trying to search for tom tom cruise they're at her apartment he's watching tv and she asks him to it she asks him to try and find out if Kaz or Mark have sent Meg any text messages mm-hmm. by looking at their phones. And he looks at her and he's like, you just stopped hanging out. Yeah. Like this stopped being us just friends hanging out. And later on in that same conversation, he says to her, you know, next time, like we're really going to hang out. And there's this moment where she just kind of pauses and like scoffs, like, ah, like, of course we're hanging out. And I'm like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're talking business. Like you're not being friends and just watching whatever stupid television also i love that she's like okay now i'm gonna hang out she like leaves the laptop and she goes and sits down and i'm like she's still she's she's like present not present that sure but she's also like 
in full, like whatever she wore to school that day. And I'm like, oh, that's so uncomfortable to hang out in. Like I would be in like, I would have changed into yoga pants and a sweatshirt. Like I'm going to be comfy. I think that's like the first thing I do when I get home. Maybe that's an adult thing. I don't know if I did that in high school. I don't. But I literally clothes. like I get home and I'm like, comfy clothes, where are you? <laughs> first, that's a first order of business. Anyway. Um, but then, you know, he does, he gets onto the bus and he's sitting there and he's texting. And then when Kaz runs off, he runs over to Kaz's bag and starts digging through it and finds his chuck strap as Kaz comes back onto the bus. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? And so, and he comes back to Veronica's apartment later that day. And he's like, thanks to you, I have a reputation of a jock sniffer now. <laughs> so to be fair, he was holding it for way too long and he, like he was holding it up. Well, that was dramatic flair. I know for the show. Yeah, I get it, but 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 I. I'm just thinking maybe he does have a yeah. little. Maybe he has some jock sniffing tendencies that he needs to address. I'm sorry. Do not speak of Wallace <laughs> in that way. I will allow you to do a lot of things on this podcast, but I will not allow you to accuse Wallace of such things. Um, but anyway, so I just think that this is a really great episode because Wallace is such a good friend and I think up until this point she hasn't appreciated him Mm -hmm. for who he is and I admire him because that's hard I think to push back on a friend that way because especially Veronica who is in some ways convinced she's always right and can do no wrong she has those tendencies and even in that moment when he says like next time we hang out you're really gonna hang out and she's like offended you know to push back in that way I think is very admirable mm-hmm. of him because he deserves to be recognized as a friend and what he does to help her. So I just really, I really enjoyed Wallace in this episode and I'm excited for the next one because we get to see him shine a little bit. So, I mean, ne- Neville, Neville Longbottom got 50 points to Gryffindor for standing up to his friends. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Standing up to his friends, rather. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. It's Wallace, it takes a lot of effort to assert yourself in that way and to kind of push back especially when you know he's got this whole life going on he's got the basketball team and everything but veronica still is his his ride or die his his best friend right. and to push back in that way it's it's hard 50 points to wallace door <laughs> okay i was waiting i was waiting for that i'm excited that you're all right so who's your mvp um it's not gonna have much of a running on this one i didn't take it very seriously this week but is it Katarina. Manny from Manny's Flower Hut. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know if I can find a picture of him online for the poll. I will try to find a picture of Manny. You might have to screen capture it and send it to me. Uh, but he's so passionate about his work. Like He's like, that's my, yeah, that's my handiwork. Yeah. That's my bouquet. I made yeah. that. Yeah. So he he loves what he does, clearly. And he's he's in the right vocation. And how many people can say that about, you Wallace know? is going to win. <laughs> and... He's clear, clearly interested in other forms of horticulture as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> he dabbles. But also, he's also very self-aware. Mm. He does know that he has bad memory <laughs> yeah. recall. To help with your recall issues. It's always oh, good, to good be, luck. It's always good to be self-aware. Yeah. I don't know. I liked him a lot. I thought he was one. He was the second most endearing character in the entire episode. Katarina was actually the most endearing. You know, I, I really... F- I remember watching this for the first time and really falling for it. She puts on a really great really performance. Good. So very she should convincing. Be, she should be an actor in in, in Hollywood. In, well, I'm pretty yeah. sure she goes to jail. Right. But well, they might have acting. They group, might have groups. drama groups in yeah. there. Put on little skits and such. Yeah. She'd be very good. She was very convincing. She was. I liked it a lot. I, I so about her backstory though, so how did she know so many things about him? Well, they what? were together for a little while. So were they actually together? I think she came over and then they were like living together for a while. But then when it came to her actually marrying him, that's when she chickened out and left. Well, th- that's her story, though. But yeah. what's, But the true story, like, so. She could have made up all that shit. That's what I'm thinking. But, but. Just to seem convincing as right. somebody who who was engaged to him. So I guess the casting call thing didn't. I did act. love the casting call. I need him to play hockey and the guitar. <laughs> I need him to be bald. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the things Veronica does is she puts out a casting call, but of course it returns nothing because he's not actually an actor. Okay. 
So for some reason, I was thinking like all that information was accurate, but no, I guess it wasn't. It probably was all just bogus right. information. But she does a really good job at it of though. making it sound like in, it's in having the little details, saying he plays guitar, but he's not very good. Mm-hmm. Like that's who thinks to throw in a detail like that when you're making up a story? Yeah, it was very very convincing. Okay, so do you have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I think that just about covers it for this all week. Right, we'll go ahead and call it. So that's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us every week. Oh, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider dropping us a rating and a review. That helps other marshmallows find us. If you'd like to reach out, find us on Instagram at Life After Mars Podcast or on Twitter at Life After Mars 09. Hate social? Then email us, Life After Mars Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, marshmallows. Dos Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> Stole it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>